the most productive designated hitter right now in all of Major League Baseball. Okay, I'll just give it to you. It's Jordan Alvarez in Houston. But name the second one. You can do that. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. The Pirates split a doubleheader in Detroit yesterday. The first game went 3-2 to two to the Tigers, and the second went 7-2 to two to the Pirates. And all I really get out of that is that this team will never, ever, ever again sweep someone. You do realize that this sweep reverse streak, if you want to call it that, includes not even sweeping a team in one of these cheesy two-game sets. Never mind when it's condensed to a single doubleheader in one day. They will never, ever again sweep somebody. But on a bright spot, they had some individual uh, offensive showings that were impressive. Brian Reynolds continues to come out of, I guess, whatever you could have characterized his April as being somewhat down. Ben Gamble had another nice day. But my guy. For today is Daniel Vogelback. In the nightcap, out of the cleanup spot, he went two for four with three RBIs, two-run homer, a sack fly. And for the season, he's slashing 292 with a 350 on base and a 514 slugging as a result of four homers, 11 RBIs. Hasn't struck out much, 21 of those against seven walks. He's just been really consistent. And I feel like because when he arrived in Pittsburgh, as opposed to Bradenton, meaning PNC Park, that a lot was going to get held against him immediately because of the collective decision of Derek Shelton and management to have him bat leadoff. Because when Vogelback, who is a stocky dude, six feet tall, 270 pounds, he's not overweight. He really isn't. He just happens to be one of those barrel-chested types with the big, broad shoulders and not at all slender in any capacity. But because he walks up to the plate not looking like I don't know, Omar Moreno or Frank Tavares or anyone else you want to cite from the distant past who looked like a leadoff hitter, who looked like Ricky Henderson and what are images of a leadoff hitter. And because he is not at all fast on the base pass, as you expect with his build, that he's, I don't know, a problem of some sort. When in fact, as Shelton had explained way back in Bradenton, when I was down there, Vogelback was going to be used in certain games against certain starters at leadoff because last year, when he was with the Brewers, he led the entire major leagues in pitches seen per plate appearance. And he wants, as the Pirates all want, as all teams do, to milk the opposing starter for as many pitches as possible. So if they are 
getting you, as they tend to do, you can knock them out of the game that much earlier by stacking someone who has a high PPA, as the stat is known, atop the order. Vogelback did that. Vogelback went along with it enthusiastically, with a little bit of a laugh. He knew he wasn't the prototypical leadoff hitter. But oh my goodness, here it was like, oh, this guy, he stinks, he's whatever. And it's it's ridiculous. It's unfair. It's unfair. He wasn't attached to that decision. He went along with it. All he's done since then is hit the baseball and hit it hard. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. DHing is a weird job, and of course it's an unprecedented job when it comes to the Pirates, at least on any kind of full-time basis. This is the first full year of the Universal DH, so that position now is a position in our city. And as such, it has to be filled. And it's not going to be one of those, I think, that'll be routinely filled from within your system. You know, there's a tendency, especially in National League cities like ours, that every time we see somebody who stinks in the field, we say, oh, make them a DH, even if they also stink at the plate. You know what I'm talking about. Like Pedro Alvarez was the classic case of that. Make him a DH or send him to the American League. They could use him as a DH. Well, no, Pedro's problem wasn't that he couldn't catch the ball. It was that he couldn't hit it often enough. He couldn't make enough contact. So who wants a DH, a designated hitter who can't hit? Vogelback, I can tell you from watching him in Grapefruit League ball, can play first base. I mean, he's not terrible there, and I dare suggest he's better than Yoshi Tetsugo, meaning like at everything, but including first base. I could be wrong about that. I'm, you know, considering small and personal sample sizes here. But here's what I do know. He can hit. This, meaning a month and change, is a small sample size as well, but at the moment he's ahead of Bryce Harper, Giancarlo Stanton, Shohei Otani. He's ahead of all of them as people who are DHs. By the way, Andrew McCutcheon has been mostly a DH with the Brewers. He's miles ahead of Kutch. Miguel Cabrera, Nelson Cruz, guys who mostly of the names that I've given you on this list are being paid astronomical amounts by their respective teams. And here's Vogelback on a one-year, $1 million deal, outperforming all of them except for Alvarez. Here's what Andy Haynes had to say about Vogelback after the game last night in Detroit to Alex Stump, our beat reporter, at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Bogey, you know, he he's shown it. He has, like, it's legitimate major league power to all parts of the park. And he's going to get to that power by continuing, you know, being very selective in the zone. And then when they throw it, you know, over the heart of the plate, he's got a chance to leverage the baseball. Yeah, you know, he can do that. Now, first of all, today, to right was 
I mean, that ball's 103 or 104 miles an hour at 20 something degrees. I was a little bit shocked that it didn't travel further. But then the second one, you know, was a no doubter, you know, um, and a pretty big ballpark. So yeah, it's it's in there, and you know, we've talked about bogey ceiling as an offensive player and, and being so productive, and that's you're seeing that because he is going to get on base, and then you know he's showing how the power he has too. Just as an aside, I love the way hitting coaches talk. Hitting coaches are so not ever focused on outcomes because they know that in baseball, the art of hitting really doesn't have all that much to do with outcome, whether or not you got a hit, whether or not you hit a moonshot or whether you just skied one that happened to plop in somewhere in the outfield because of a violent shift they had going on. Hitting coaches are just, wow, what a what a ridiculously hard job that is. Anyway, this is a good hitter the Pirates have. And despite his age, in all likelihood, he would remain affordable. And if the team chose, he could be retained probably pretty easily. And in turn, spare the team from having to take a younger player or a prospect and say, hey, we're just taking you off the field. We're going to make you a DH that's just not something that you see. So when you see Vogel back out there and you think he's doing great and you think it doesn't matter because he's going to be gone next year, you're probably right, but you can't know that. You can't know that. When we come back, just one question. It's time for J1Q, and today's comes from John Marshall, who asks, how and why is Cole Tucker still on this Pirates team? He does not have the arm for short. For one, any ball hits a mid-deep short. He throws the ball in the dirt. His fielding's below average, and he can't hit. There are better choices on this team. It's time to DFA him. Yeah, I'm really not going to disagree. Uh, it sounds like as aggressively as you were approaching there, John, that you were expecting some pushback. Uh, Tucker, after going one for three in the opening game of the doubleheader yesterday, uh, he also had a couple of strikeouts. And one of them was just hideous, just corkscrewing himself into the ground. And we've seen that from him. So, yeah, you're right. The overwhelming evidence is that he can't hit. Uh, I'm cringing a little bit at your description of him throwing the ball in the dirt every time he has to whatever, just because he had the one notable one the other day. I haven't seen that as a tendency from him, but he's not a great fielder either. He's not someone who's going to find work in the major leagues on a regular basis based on superlative defense. Say, for example, someone like a Jake Marisnik who's constantly getting new work because everyone says, wow, the guy can really catch the ball in the outfield. All of this with Tucker, including going back to last season, feels like what I think it actually is. And that is the Pirates just giving him every chance, especially since they felt like, and they could be wrong, they probably are wrong at this point, that 
he had found something that he had unlocked something in the lower portion of his batting stance when he started really driving the ball last September. Now, you hear from baseball people all the time to never take September stats or September records uh, too seriously. That's because a lot of teams are trying different things. You have players getting recalled from the minors uh, because the minor leagues usually end in the first week of September. So there's an influx of those guys as rosters expand. So the caliber of baseball in general is not as great. Nobody's getting all amped up about the games themselves unless they're one of the two or three teams that are involved in a pennant race that deep into a season. So I mean, I, I hate to do that, but I also hate to not do my job. Uh, th- this kid is tremendous. It's impossible to not love Cole Tucker, but he's not performing at all on the field. And I have no doubt whatsoever that he'd be the first to say that right back to you, John. You know, uh, it's a tough, tough time for the kid. He has believed in himself. He sees himself as a major leaguer. He sees himself as having uh, the talent, the toughness, and everything else to be in Pittsburgh, to contribute in Pittsburgh. But he isn't hitting. He isn't hitting. And it can't last a whole lot longer. I posited on this show earlier this week that given the crappy competition the Pirates are facing this particular week, not that they aren't that themselves, just, you know, laying out who the other guys are, that between the two games against Detroit and now the four they have upcoming against Cincinnati beginning uh, tomorrow out there, that this might be last chance corral. Uh, for Tucker and for maybe even a couple other guys. I don't know how much longer you can keep throwing Yoshi Tetsugo out there to fail. But yeah, with Tucker, there's nowhere to to run from it. I mean, I didn't even mention, and, and I'm going to hear that in his 48 official at-bats this year, he struck out 20 times. I mean, that's, that's half of every time he goes up there. You know, that's that's not that's not a big league hitter. That's someone who's drowning at this level. So if you DFA him, somebody picks him up, somebody picks him up. If you DFA him and he makes it back to the minors, you know, maybe you can start something over again. Presuming there's room down there in AAA, your your best prospects for the middle infield in particular are still a level down in Altoona, but... You know, at some point, you just have to say, listen, you know, it ain't there. You know, I appreciate the question, John. I appreciate the way you asked it. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. <laughs>